I think it's a hard question. It's like asking me which is my favorite kid. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you. Um, well, the way I see it is, it's designed very specifically in that every riding scenario has a different function that you'll focus on. And as Fawan mentioned, is we have two different screens. We have a digital screen that shows the full map when you want to be focused on the road mm -hmm. or on the, on the on the trip that you're going on, the navigation experience, and then you just simply hold our mode button for a few seconds, and then it switches over to an analog screen, which is focusing on the rider experience. Hi everyone, I'm Adarsh, and welcome to the Royal Enfield Ride Pure Podcast. Today, we're in the Himalayas, talking about a bike that's built by the Himalayas, the all-new Royal Enfield Himalayan. Today, I have uh, special guests here, Pavan Kakmani, who heads digital technology for Royal Enfield and Matt Cardenas, uh, head of advanced projects. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Adarsh. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, so today, guys, we're going to be talking about the all-new Triple Dash. I'm going to start with a few questions. We've seen a lot of evolution in the engine department, the new Sherpa 450. Uh, with the instrument cluster as well, we've seen a big, big change in the form of the Triple Dash. Can you talk to us a little bit about the, the thought behind this development? It was really easy. There wasn't a lot of thought. It was that riders want their smartphone on their, on their dash. And then it, it really stemmed from there is that, okay, that's the core need. And what functions they want, how are we going to solve it? And it became really apparent early on because we were riding a lot of motorcycles, we were testing, and, and we were going on trips. And some of the team members went through multiple phones every few months because just mounting your phone on, on your handlebars would destroy it from vibration, from weather, from heat. So it became a simple thing to say, we, there's a problem that we can solve in a unique Royal Enfield way. And then, and then really stemmed from there, then we looked at what feature sets we want to integrate, what's the form going to be, and, and a whole other lot of questions. Absolutely. Uh, can you, Matt, also talk to us a little bit about the kind of work that you put in? Uh, just purely from an empathy point of view, understanding the customer, pain points, requirements, etc. Because a lot of the times, customers may or may not know what they need. Uh, you know, as product managers, uh, it is kind of our job to understand what their future requirements are, what problems we can solve. A little yeah. bit about uh, the process we go through in understanding the pain points, the requirements, and then translating them into action points for us. Yeah, so for us, it's it's the use case first, is how, how our riders going to use use whatever we create right and even the very first question is should royal enfield do this that was a big big question on early on to say we're a pure company we have a very strong heritage in in classic looking motorcycles or very purpose-built motorcycles yeah and the thought was is this just a gadget is it something is it tech and then we approached it to say that we want to create something that has the core function functional needs or core functions that the, the riders need, but it still retains that, that or a core aspect of the brand. Um, for us, it was, it was how are they going to ride it? What are their main things that they're going to use it for? And looking at the rider rather than saying, okay, what does it need to look like from the face? It's how is the rider going to interact with it was the core. Once we figured out the exact formula that had this, the easiest interaction that distracted the least from the riding experience, we knew that we were on the right path. Yeah, 
and and usually uh, pavan uh, you know royal enfield makes motorcycles that are simple uncomplicated mm-hmm. inti- unintimidating fun and super enjoyable from a right. point of riding uh, will the tripper dash not kind of distract the rider with so much kind of information on the dash well that's interesting thing uh, and this is one of the things that has also gone in the thought process of how the whole thing has been designed and created so while uh, it takes the whole turn by turn navigation which was introduced couple of years earlier to a whole new level of giving a full map navigation and lot of other interactivity and facilities but then the uh, whole design of how the application looks like how the interface looks like how the hardware behaves is taken into con- has taken into consideration the whole thing of it does not it should not distract the riders for example the cluster has its own uh, day night mode auto day night mode that means as the light changes the the yeah. cluster itself goes we've into been, a yeah. night mode we've yeah. been we've been riding in the himalayas last few days and there were few tunnels we were riding through and as soon as you enter the tunnel we go into dark mode Correct. so it it st- it kinds of takes away the distraction it does not glare into your eyes and it does not need your eyes to refocus similar to that again it has auto dimming feature or dimming features basically it allows the rider to change the change the kind of brightness that it needs to have but while this is automatically it's taking care of the the distraction free riding on the on the hardware side of things software also the the way it has been designed the, the interface is available what needs to be visible to them what is important at any given point in time is also taking care of this whole simplicity and distraction free so that it, it kind of reduces a load on the person to pay attention to the cluster and continue to pay attention to the road and riding experience but still get that contextual information and the experience of yeah. i think to, to go at there is a big focus was on the load that pawan mentioned is the cognitive load so everything riding a motorcycle takes a lot of cognitive load and we we what we wanted to do is provide a system that reduced that cognitive load or at least kept it very equal to what it is today when you ride with the standard gauge so things that the team worked on like language being in a native language that helps reduce the cognitive load yeah. having a very familiar <laughs> interface so partner using mm-hmm. google maps engine allows us to have something that you're very used to a map structure that you're very used to mm-hmm. even the way that the map operates in terms of when you approach an intersection the if you have a, another navigation system its refresh rate and the way that it shows you relative to that intersection is different and since we know the majority of our customers use google maps it was an easy decision to say okay that is going to be the have the least cognitive load because it's <coughs> the most familiar and and uh, you know one thing that struck me and and struck all of the people who've been riding the bikes is the fact that there are a lot of tfts out there um you guys have thought so much in detail about what the riders needs are but it also looks different it's a round tft um can you tell us a little bit about what went in and why did we choose a round tft versus everything that was out so for us it goes back to what we talked about is being being pure and 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 staying with our brand ethos and our our design ethos so it started from deciding what that outer surface is going to look like and we looked at round and we looked at rectangular we looked at vertical we looked at horizontal and what we knew it had to be a very simple shape so whatever it was it was just that shape if it was round it was going to be just round if it was rectangular it was going to be just rectangular once we decided on on the shape that fit with the motorcycle visually then we knew we had to optimize the design to say okay now how do we make the biggest possible screen so that we can get the most amount of visual space for riders mm. um and it was it was quite a process to get us there 
yeah. a lot of back and forth. And then again, the difference between this and other TFTs also is not just the hardware, which is, as Matt explained, is circular in shape because of our, our brand ethos and, and how we want to place that whole information there. But then again, about how and what kind of information shows up there. So not that all pieces of information are showing up in same font and same sizes and same color, but what is relevant at any given point in time is showing up differently so that you pay attention to that more than anything else that you need at that point in time. Yeah. The other thing that, that kind of uh, I found as a writer very helpful is that there's there's a there's kind of an equilibrium between the app, the triple dash, and the motorcycle because you've got you you can change modes uh, just by using your hands. You don't have to take your hands off and, and touch anything. There's a joystick on the left and there's a button on the right and stuff like that. And when you're off the bike, you have data from the uh, from the app that you can kind of access. You can plan your routes before. So I think can you talk to us a little bit about this equilibrium that you have you've kind of able to establish? So there is a there is a difference between what we had earlier and now. Uh, mm -hmm. The new thing is. A uh, lot of interactivity between the between the tech on the vehicle and the phone that you have. So it's not just about, for example, the previous version of TBT, the tripper that we had, was showing TBT information, which was from the phone to the, to the to the vehicle. Now in this case, in this uh, uh, um, version that we are talking about, you can also do a lot of mobile control from your vehicle itself. So you can control your music, you can control and interact with your maps, you can do a lot many things along with. What you want to see on the vehicle can also be configured in your phone and that gets syncs to your vehicle as well as of course in, on the vehicle itself you can control what you want to see on the vehicle. Wow, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think for us it was how do we make it as seamless as possible? Mm -hmm. So the idea, the original concept was I want to be in my house, I want to plan out which route I'm going to do or, or even pick a Royal Enfield pre-planned route starting from my house or find out where other riders are. You're doing all that activity from your home, from your phone. You want to then be able to just toss your phone in your pocket because it could be raining outside. You could be going on a long ride. You get to the bike and then it immediately syncs up. So all the information that you put together, you digested before is now available on the bike and vice versa. When you're done, like you're saying, you can get off and read it. Even it goes to the level of, of the music. So early on, we had to make the decision do we create our own music player to give them access to it? Do we partner with just one service provider or one streaming provider? But instead what we decided is, can we give them access to as many service or streaming providers as possible so that they're just using their existing account and we can control the music through the gauge or through the, the tripper dash, as well as get the contextual artwork that we were talking about earlier. Is that information that they can just glance at, see what's playing and then focus back on the road. And one other uh, good example of this is uh, you can use your phone to set your destinations. Now, a couple of times, if you have gone to the same destination, you don't need to use your phone anymore. You open the app, keep it, keep the phone in your pocket, go to the vehicle, start your vehicle, and the recent destinations will show up on the cluster itself. So wow. you can choose. So you don't have to every time. So it's a it's a seamless uh, experience either using the phone or the cluster. So that's how uh, it, it, uh, it enables the whole experience. Wow. Uh, which feature, according to you guys, is, is going to be something that will be most kind of loved, preferred, used um, by riders as soon as the bikes go out on sale? There are a lot of features on this, uh, yeah. of course, uh, from the previous versions because this is whole whole new vehicle and whole new product. But then again, as we said, Triple Dash is world's first full map navigation on a circular display. That means 
the full map navigation is something that we expect the riders to be uh, most uh, interested in. Uh, that will help them in in uh, doing their riding experiences, uh, going anywhere, uh, wherever they want to go. Uh, of course, the full map navigation is one part of it, but basically it is about the navigation and the riding experience. So they, you can switch between analog and digital, but you still get that whole um, enhanced riding experience of navigation, which is not just the full map, but you get audio guidance in over 130 languages. That means wow. it, that itself is a is a is a new feature that a lot of lot of riders have been asking, and we have been able to give that now. I think it's a hard question. It's like asking me which is my favorite kid. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you. Um, well, the way I see it is, it's designed very specifically in that every riding scenario has a different function that you'll focus on. And as Bowen mentioned, is we have two different screens. We have a digital screen that shows the full map when you want to be focused on the road mm -hmm. or on the on the on the trip that you're going on, the navigation experience, and then you just simply hold our mode button for a few seconds and then it switches over to an analog screen which is focusing on the rider experience and you have a, the full RPM needle um, smaller just turn by turn direction rather than a full map you have your trip meter you have all the other functionality that you would want when you're just focusing on the bike so I don't think there's one function that a rider will use specifically it's going to be they're going to use all the functions depending on how they're riding and that's the beauty of the system is that it augments almost every type of riding whether it's where you're racing through the canyon whether you're going on a long trip um, you know even the other day when we were riding I was focusing on the full map experience then one of one of our our chassis dev you know our, our concept engineer came flying by and I knew the only way to keep up was to switch in the analog mode so that I can make sure that I was always at the peak <laughs> RPM the entire time. And it's that seamlessness of going back and forth. Or then I need to slow the pace so I can turn on my music and just start listening to my music and control that. Um, and also the future. The architecture is so flexible that it allows us to continually improve it. So we may say this is the best feature today, but who knows in the future you might bring out new things that's a great point Matt so what is next uh, in terms of the development of the app and the features and functionalities that we're going to be able to provide uh, can you tell us a little bit about the process that we will kind of go through and probably go from here and, and build this stuff well it follows the same thought process that uh, has been applied to the vehicle as well listen to the riders see what they say see what they experience and then figure out what can uh, be added to what we already have uh, there are a lot of features that we have already added here based on what we understood from the riders earlier uh, uh, products that they were using and similar to that now also we have a bunch of things that we are uh, putting together because we understand that this is what riders want and and as we continue to offer more and more we will I'm, I'm sure we will continue to get that feedback saying okay this is how we want to use it this is how we want to change it so that it helps them and then we continue to add that. So, so what no, you're I saying think, is... I think it's really easier than that, is we just make it... I just think of what's impossible, and then I just chuck it at the opponent's <laughs> team and say, all right, here we go. So so what you're also saying is that from an evolution standpoint, if, if I'm a guy who buys the Himalayan today with the Triple Dash, uh, in the future, all improvements, all feature additions, etc., I'm going to be able to access that over the air with the RE app. 
that that's right so that's the that's the point that matt was mentioning that this time the system that we have put together and not just on the app because app updates are very common now these days you get app updates frequently but now the way that system has been designed the app can also update the the cluster as well so wow. that means a lot of features a lot of changes that we want need to bring we may need to bring in future can also be managed by the riders themselves they don't have to uh, get into a detailed technical update sort of thing uh, like you will update your your phone os uh, at regular intervals when uh, when uh, uh, google or or uh, apple will release a new version uh, our update cycle on the cluster also can follow the similar pattern that's amazing it was a pleasure talking to you pavan matt thank you very much